I don't fuck with nobody. I don't go anywhere. I don't go to parties. I barely go outside. Like literally, I really don't go outside that much just because I don't I don't fuck with nobody. Nothing fucking helps with this heat. Fuck my life, dude. It was like, oh god. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Hold on. I'm sorry, everybody. One, one, one moment, please. There, it's official. We can start. <laughs> Ugh, god. Yeah, dude. I don't know what where you guys are, but it's fucking horribly hot this week i'm fuck dude i was like 99 degrees yesterday i couldn't even go upstairs i was like oh i gotta record fuck it's been like (laughs) it's been like two months fuck i'm sorry i'm sorry we'll get to that but yeah dude it's been so fucking hot i thought summer was over no it's now hotter than ever and I spend my afternoons, evenings kind of just laying under a fan and just trying to not die from the heat. Um, anyway, so it's me. It's on. I'm back. Uh, I know it's been a while. Fuck, dude. I, I think the longer I waited to record, the harder it was to like start up again. You know, kind of like when you if you stop working out. I don't work out. I'm a fucking fat ass. But I would imagine if you were to like work out and then stop for like two, three weeks and then try and start again, you'd be like, oh, God, it's kicking my ass. Um, <laughs> and that's how it feels right now. I feel like I'm fresh out of water. Like it's my first time podcasting and I don't like the sound of my voice in the, in the headphones. And this is going to be excruciatingly painful for all of you listeners. But... It has to be done, because fuck, it's been so long. I just, (laughs) this is supposed to be like a two, three part episode explaining this whole story. And part one, I was like, fuck, I was like in the hospital right about to go to surgery. And I can't even listen back on it as a reference, because I'm imagining it sounds super cringe. And they were giving me like, fuck, they're giving me blood thinners. And uh, what's that thing that makes you drowsy? Uh, some p- pill they give you, and I was drowsy, and I was, I think I almost cried, I was acting, it probably sounded like a bitch on that episode, so, and then I was like, oh yeah, dude, I'll go into surgery, I'll get out, and I'll do part two <laughs> in the hospital, <laughs> yeah, I got out, and that shit hurt, <laughs> so I was like, no, no, I that can wait, and then when I got it, there's a whole fucking thing, like, I has, even, that has to be a part three, because I haven't even, like explained the fuck's been going on with me and I'm sure everyone is like oh Unk is like missing in action he's like I've been gone completely dark off social media and I'm trying to start up again and god the fucking iPhone is like begging me with notifications like oh so and so posted this and hasn't posted in a while and like they desperately want me back in social the social media grip and uh yeah, dude, I, I'm planning on getting out this episode and then responding to all these messages. I mean, so many people were like, 
oh, dude, like, where have you been? Um, we miss you. Are you going to start making new episodes? And I was just, I was like, dude, I'm just going dark. <laughs> fuck, fuck Facebook, fuck Twitter, fuck social media, like, fuck everything. It's time to just focus on, like, taking care of myself. Because, I mean, fuck, dude, this surgery was intense. And then, um, but I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, dude, he's missing in action. He could probably relapse. People reach out and they're like, are you alive? Because <laughs> most people think, oh, he just disappeared out of nowhere. He must have over be overdosed and dead in a ditch somewhere. And some people in real life like prob might think that if like I just disappeared. Then, no, I'm fine. I'm I'm doing as best as I can. Like, dude, this surgery is, is fucking intense, which I'll get into, but there's all this other shit that happened before. But, like, physically and uh, mentally and emotionally, I was just like, fuck, dude, this is, this really, like, um, wore me out. So I'm gonna, like, figure out what my next step is. Because I've, uh, <laughs> funny enough, I have two more surgeries coming up. Another one in about, I don't know, five months. So me getting like healthy and just in as best shape as I can before this next surgery and then recovering from that and then doing my last surgery and then recovering from that. And then I was like, all right, am I fucking done? You know, like, God, this sucks. Um, so, you know, a lot of it is like this, this story is super recent. I know it really doesn't have a lot to do with drugs, but a lot of it has to do with um, a recovering addict, like denying painkillers uh, as long as they could. And oh, what I, just, I hate fucking recovery politics, such bullshit. But like, what is clean and what is like safe to take as a painkiller, or you know, or when you should, or I don't know, dude. Like that's a, that's a whole conundrum in itself, um, which I quickly found out and discovered. And we'll get into, but it, uh, it's such a recent story. It's not, it's not like easy to tell. Like the, most of these stories that I tell they're a lot of, most of them are funny. Some of them are traumatizing, but now they're funny, but they're exhausting emotionally and eventually physically to tell. Cause just like, it I don't know. Like when I first started doing this, me and Ryan were like, Oh, this takes a lot out of you. <laughs> I need a nap. Um, and so I think that's the reason why I procrastinated or didn't finish this episode because I didn't want to have to constantly relive um, this whole experience because it was pretty fucking traumatic. Like, I mean, it's not it was the most traumatic thing I've been through, but I'll say it w it kind of fucked me up in a way in the head where I'm just like, God damn it, you know. Um, and I mean, after listening to the whole ordeal, you you could. Mo mostly understand why and so uh the, i want to get into this because fuck the other night kind of i mean all, everyone's messages were what inspired me to get off my ass and start making uh you know podcasts again so thank you all that and i'll get back i'll reply to as, as all the messages um so please do that also i've <laughs> I'm making a stupid Spotify playlist. If you are into music, my taste in music, it's it's like only things I picked. So anyone who's like, oh, let me like have access to the playlist and put on my tracks. No, I'm sorry. I have the aux cord. These are uh, what, what the playlist was called. Uh, it, was, it was not squad, but it was like called music to um, overdose to <laughs> music to overdose. Um which I'll put the link in the description, whatever. But if you like music, check that out. Anyway, so this story. Last night, I'm just like, ugh, hot as fuck and dying of heat exhaustion. And, I mean, 99 degrees is like the biggest fuck you to, like, weather or people in general. From weather to people. Because it's like, it's basically 100 fucking degrees. But then it's like, oh, well, it was only 99. No, 99 is fucking hot. I've worked in 106 degree weather, but 99 sucks. I mean, it's pretty bad. And um, I was like, fuck, dude. And even at night when the sun is gone and it's the moon is out, it's still fucking hot, especially in, in my room on the second story. Um, by the way, I'm out of the hospital. I'm up north 
in the studio. I had to dust everything off in here and hook everything up and get everything going. Holy fuck. And that's another reason it took a while. But so I'm like, I'm going to get some ice cream. That's a good idea on a hot day. And I'm hopelessly addicted to like ice cream and coffee and all that shit. So I'm like, okay. So I go to the closest grocery store because I'm like, I don't want to walk. I don't want to get in my in and out of my car and wear a mask and travel. Like, fuck all that. And so I go to the, the closest place is Food for Less. And I get this giant tub of uh, ice cream that I'm going to mix with coffee and make like iced coffee. And while I'm getting out, I see two people escort another employee out. There are all three of them are employees, but two employees are, they have their hands on the shoulder of this other employee. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, and it was fucked because the guy, the guy they're escorting, he's like nodding out hard. Like his, he can't, his neck isn't supporting the weight of his head. And it's just, his head is just like bobbling around. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know how they got him on his feet, but they have a chair outside and I'm walking outside with a giant tub of ice cream and they're trying to have him in a chair and they're like slap, kind of, kind of slapping him to keep him awake. He's, he's, he's on one. He's on a sick one. Anybody like myself or who's similar to, to me is like, that guy's on, on a fucking, that guy's on a nod. That's a fucking fentanyl nod for sure. And so it like clicked in my brain. I'm like, oh, this dude fucking did it, did an issue on the job in the bathroom. And now they probably found him like on the floor or he was like fucking falling over at work. And they're like, dude, you got to go. <laughs> and the car, a car pulled up and a, a girl came out of the driver's seat and uh, I guess his girlfriend and helped him in the car. And the most fucked up thing about that story, right, is well, at first I was like, oh, dude, if I had any Narcan on me, I'd give him Narcan. But he'd probably be pissed at me, first of all. Second of all, the fucking addict in me was like, oh, dude. I mean, I know his girlfriend is like dealing with a lot with her, like passed out, nodding out over like falling out boyfriend or whatever. But my first thought was like, oh, dude, I should ask her. <laughs> I should ask her where that plug is, man. <laughs> That's fucked up. And I mean, obviously those thoughts, they pop in your brain and then you're like, oh, I can't do that. That's the behavior. Stupid shit. You cliche shit. They tell you to tell yourself. Um, but yeah, I was like, damn, I should be like hop in the car and be like, oh, dude, I got some ice cream. I got some fucking money in the ATM. It's like, let's go do this. He'll be okay. Um, <laughs> and that's obviously the wrong, the wrong thing to think or want to do. We all know this, but you know what? That's what happened, and that's fucked up. And I'm a dark, fucked up, dysfunctional, twisted human being. So after that, it kind of clicked in my head. It's like, dude, that's like a sign <laughs> from. Uh, the nod squad gods. I was like, dude, I have to like record this. Cause every week I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then all this shit happens. I have to go get a check, check in with the doctor. I have to do this or some other bullshit happens that I have to take care of. And then I just been procrastinating because I'm just like, dude, I'll, fuck this. And so I'm finally doing it. And that, and I'll, I mean, mostly you're like, everyone's messages. It was like, I was like, fuck, I gotta get off my ass. But that I was like, dude, Yes, get off it. Get this thing out Friday. And plus, Halloween's coming up. I've talked about Halloween and scary shit. Because, I mean, shit happens. So, that's what happened. Um, fuck. So, I'm gonna get into where I left off. On the last episode, or the part one of this episode. You know, I think where I left off was, you know, I fell over, cracked my head open. And all this fucking crazy shit happened. My mom was... I got in a fight with my mom, um, I mean, which now we're cool, you know, I had really held a grudge against her, but we've, you know, family, you know, has, have their differences or whatever, we love each other, so, you know, mom, I'm sure you're probably listening, I love you, blah, 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 I know, I really love you, but don't listen to this podcast anymore, please, fuck, I can't, <laughs> some of the stories I just can't tell, because you listen to it, and I say that because I love you, anyway. So we, she was giving me shit for, you know, 
thinking I was like up to like no good when pretending I had health problems. And so then I finally like, I'm like, fuck, I need to go to the ER. Anyway, I yeah, that's where I think we left off. Hold on, I have some coffee. Oh, I need to vape too. Jesus, fuck. Okay. All right, you guys. So, I'm going to just start where I think I left off. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so, where I left off was just me about to get to the hospital. And now I'm going to pick up just going there. So, I go to the hospital. My parents meet me there, or we both drive over there because they want to make sure I'm okay. And... I don't know if you've been to hospitals lately, but they're fucked. <laughs> I mean, they're fucked normally. Right now, they're really fucked. I mean, because of the quarantine and COVID, like, they don't even let you in the fucking building. I mean, you have to have a face mask, of course. But um, if you need to be seen, they assess how serious it is and whether or not they need to admit you or if you need to even go in the building. And you have to do a COVID test before you're even, like seen or talked to anyone about anything. So I get there and I have to sit in a chair in the bright sun. I left my sunglasses in the car. There's shine, there's sunshine in my face and I'm just sitting there and I'm telling them like everything that happened. I'm out of breath and I'm getting exhausted and I fought, I fell over, cracked my head and that's what happened. So they do, uh, they, they, they take that down. I go into this little like tent like a little hospital tent with a chair and wait for someone to come with a COVID test, which is that stupid, um, you know, it's like a, a long fucking Q-tip that they rub your nose five times in each nostril. And I'm like, all right. And at least the new ones, they don't go like halfway up your brain. Um, this one was just like kind of just right in the nostril. So they gave me a COVID test. I passed. I don't have COVID. Thank fuck. And, um, and so, I'm waiting to go in the, another tent. They just, and they process you through each like tent and make sure you're not like sick or infected. It's so, um, walking dead and fucked. Uh, and so, um, I fucking finally get admitted to a bigger tent after like waiting and being processed and making sure I don't have fucking COVID. Um, they put me in a giant FEMA tent, and they have they have recliners there. I don't get to go in a fucking recliner. I don't know why. But they're like, all right, after what I told them, they're like, okay, we need to take a blood test and see where your blood levels are at. Um, you said you're getting lightheaded. It's probably because you have a, whole, a low hemoglobin count, which is like how many red blood cells are in your body. And so they give me this fucking blood test. And they test it for the hemoglobin. Now, what your normal, what an average humans or what a healthy humans normal hemoglobin levels are, is it's it's at about a twelve. <laughs> so my hemoglobin levels were, when they tested it, at a four, <laughs> which is like life-threateningly, dangerously low. Um, and I'm like, they took it way more seriously. Like, yeah, we need to uh, admit you and get you in the hospital. <laughs> this is serious. Uh, you've basically lost two-thirds of blood. And it's no wonder why you're getting lightheaded and out of breath and, um, and all that. It's because there isn't enough red blood cells to carry oxygen to your brain and your lungs all at the same time. So when you do, like, physical activities, you get more winded because you don't, um, you don't, I don't know, you're, you're, you don't have as much, you have, you're, you're low, super fucking low on blood to carry oxygen throughout your body. And that's why everything that was happening was happening. And basically I'm like, well, fuck, how did I lose all that blood? Oh yeah, I have ulcerative colitis. I've been shitting blood every night for about, I don't know, six months or more. And my gastroenterologist is just throwing fucking um, different meds at me, like spaghetti strings and seeing what sticks to the wall. They're just beta testing meds on me, you know, and none of it's working. My, my fucking digestive systems are totally inflamed and I was shitting blood like five, six times a night. It was horrible. 
I was on prednisone, that that steroid that's supposed to reduce inflammation. Didn't it wasn't working. So, and it's kind of crazy to think I shit two thirds of my blood out of my asshole. Um, but if it was going to be anybody, I mean, come on, should be me. <laughs> I mean, that's that's an accomplishment of. <laughs> I haven't made many accomplishments, but how many of you can just shit two-thirds of your blood out of your asshole without using your hands? I did it. Hands-free. <laughs> I'm sorry. This, I just make stupid jokes how, with how fucked up my life is. But anyway, yeah, hemoglobin's at a four. And uh, if you, you know, you could die basically having that little of red blood cells in your body. You could basically die. So like, we need to get you in for blood transfusions. Uh, They find out, you know, they find out your blood type or mine. I already forgot my blood type. It's, I don't know. I don't even, I'm such an idiot, but I don't even know how many blood types there are. But they find my blood type and they get some blood and they're, they plan on putting it in my body. So... I'm in the ER waiting for processing again, but at least I'm finally in the building and you know, they're getting me prepped, (laughs) housed, almost like jail, but you know, nicer by a little. And this, you know, doctor comes in and talks to me and I tell him this whole story about how I have ulcerative colitis and this gastroenterologist is giving me these, these medications and they're not working. And I keep having to have zoom conferences with him and he says, keep trying them, but they're not fucking working. And he's a shitty, shitty doctor. And, and this is what happened. I fucking lost two thirds of my blood. And he was was just like shocked. He's like, fuck, this shouldn't have happened. We're going to get you up into a room and we're going to give you blood transfusions. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I go up and um, I get into a room and they're, you know, the nurses are taking care of me. Now, I never, I forget at what point. I remember telling the nurses who took my blood, like, yeah, because, uh, you know, there's nothing worse when you're a recovering junkie or a junkie or whatever, when you're an IV user or a previous IV user and a nurse tries to take your blood in your the crook of your arm um, because most people that shoot up heroin or have in the past, their veins are shot. Um, so the crook of their arm, a nurse it can't hit. Like, so they're going to, you know what's in store. They're going to dig around your fucking arm and, um, most of the time and just, it's going to suck. So I'm like, yeah, I'm recovering addict. The, those veins are probably shot. Here's a good, some good ones. And, um, dude hit me registered perfectly. I was like, yeah, you're a saint. Thank you very much. And, um, I told them I'm a recovering addict. Like, and I think I, I'm almost a hundred percent positive. I told the nurse when I was getting house, I'm a recovering addict, but I don't know at what point this, this happened. But at one point, the nurses that, you know, assess your pain level. It's always like, oh, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, how is your pain? I mean, an addict is obviously going to go 10 or more, which it doesn't go any higher than 10, but we try 20, 100, whatever gets us opiates. And so I'm like, I wasn't really in pain. I was out of breath and tired. I was just like, and they were basically say, offering me um, uh, opiates. I think at that point, they were offering morphine in my IV. They put a IV in me to for the blood transfusion, and they're gonna put liquid morphine in my IV. And I, you know, fuck, dude, I almost had a panic attack. But you know, I told her before, like, and I'm like, I'm good. Let's get this blood transfusion done and get me the fuck out of here before you know I have a heart attack, a panic attack, and then a heart attack. So, um, I was there for a few. I just remember for a few nights. I'm getting blood transfusions and they have to do it slow and see how your body takes to it. And so I'm like just laying in this room and it's an it's a pretty all right hospital, but I mean you have to deal with two nurses a day cuz their shift change like every 12 hours. Um and they all have different they're stuck in their ways. They all have different protocols and different th- ways they do things. So anyway, and they all 
don't carry the message that, oh, this guy's a recovering addict. So they, <clears throat> I've, I've be, I was offered like pan, uh, opioids for so many times I lost count. And I basically was just like, fuck, you know? And I did this, all the shit that they fucking tell you to do. Called my sponsor, asked him about it. And like, what should I do? Like, they're offering me this and this is happening to me. And reaching out to people. And most people were like, most people who were recovering addicts, like, if a doctor says you need it, then that's fine. But then at the same time, I'm like, dude, it could just, it could start a snowball avalanche of, of, debauchery or whatever um so at that time I didn't feel in pain I was I was fine so I'm just laying there watching like South Park um they gave me something I forget it made me super drowsy they fucking load you so full of meds I was on like god what wasn't I on um and it wasn't like drugs that get you high it was just like hospital drugs that don't get you high which sucks even more and uh so i had like two or three blood transfusions and just laying there letting this blood get into my body and i was like kind of relieved because i was at first because before it's like all this crazy shit's happening happening to me with my health i don't know what it is so i'm like am i just a bitch (laughs) am i just like a fucking wuss because i can't i'm because this is happening i'm just not tough and um, then going to the hospital, at least you know, like, oh, this is why you feel like shit, or this is why this is happening, um, because you're unhealthy, because you have this, med- this, I don't know, medical illness, you know, ulcerative colitis is not curable, uh, you can manage it, but ugh, it's, it sucks. Anyway, so, like on the third, fourth, or you know, fifth night, uh, I'm trying my best to remember, because I did a lot to like block this out of my memory but I fucking am sitting there watching shitty South Park episodes and getting a blood transfusion like I said my third or fourth and um I'm on a shitty diet they they put me on like a liquid diet because they want to see if like certain foods are like really fucking me up um and so I had to my choice like chicken broth or you know, popsicles, and I'm just like, oh, this sucks, I'm, <laughs> and they gave me something, uh, oh, it was a Benadryl, oh, these fuckers gave me Benadryl, that's what, ugh, I hate, I hate those things, Benadryls make me really fucking drowsy, and I'm, it's like I took a Xanax or something, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a fucking drunk, like I took a handful of Somas, and so I took that thing, and I, dude, I couldn't even text right. Like I, I have, I had slurred text, not only slurred speech. It was so crazy. But this is where shit got crazy because I nod out on a Benadryl, and I wake up, not in the room that they had put me in. I'm in a whole different part of the, the hospital building when I wake up the next day, and so. I'm like, I'm looking around, I can't really speak, and a nurse, like, approaches me, and, um, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, uh, you know, I don't, like, why am I here? What's going on? Like, I'm so disoriented, and this nurse tells me I had a fucking stroke while I was in the hospital getting a blood transfusion. Now... I'm not that unhealthy other than ulcerative colitis. Like, my job kept, keeps, or kept me very active. Uh, I was drinking shit tons of water. Um, All that my other previous blood tests showed I was, for the most part, healthy, uh, not deficient on, like, nutrients of my body, all this shit. I guess a side effect, a common side effect of blood transfusions um, is that they, your blood clots in the body. And I guess I had a clot in my fucking brain and I had stroke, which is, I guess, a common side effect 
of blood transfusions, which which tripped me the fuck out. Because at first I'm like, uh, at first when I heard that, I didn't process. It. I'm like, whatever, I had a stroke. That this is like, I didn't knew didn't know how I didn't realize how serious serious it was. Um, I mean, now that I'm thinking back, I'm like, fuck. I've know people who've had strokes and it fucks them up. Like usually their face is really fucked up or. Oh, they can't talk or this or that. It was, I was just like, you know, fuck intense. Um, I also noticed when she told me that and I'll, I'll, I was just thinking like, Oh, it was brought on by the blood transfusion. No big deal. Then I realized there's a fucking tube in my fucking nose. <laughs> all that went all the way down my throat and it was really fucking uncomfortable. It was Oh God, it was one. I ugh, I've never really had a feeding tube sh- like down my throat. Thank God they did it when I was out, but you still feel it, and it's like ugh, ugh, and it goes all the way down. And so, you know, I can't really talk uh, with this tube in my throat. But also, I had a stroke, so talking in general is definitely hard. I mean, thank God I had that stroke in the hospital. I mean, I probably wouldn't have ever had a stroke to begin with. Uh, but good thing there was people around to see that I had it and got me into care and got me treated for it quickly. Cause I needed these, a blood, multiple blood transfusions. Anyway, this was like, you know, just shit happens. So I have a fucking tube in my throat. I cannot talk. They won't let me out of bed. An alarm literally goes off like if I get out of the, these beds and they're loud and then nurses come rushing in like, what are you doing? And I'm in the, oh, by the way, I'm in the ICU, the intensive care unit. So it's, it's not like you have your own personal room. You kind of, you do, but it's like there's rooms all around and you see all this shit going down and people in other rooms who are just like pretty much more fucked up than you. And they're like, you know, freaking out and God knows what else. And, um, Oh yeah, I had a I had a fucking catheter in my dick hole. Um which, you know, normally, you know, having a catheter isn't doesn't hurt if once it's in and you don't if you're I was un, yeah, thank God also I was unconscious for them putting a tube really far down my dick hole. <laughs> uh what is horrible about a catheter is when it finally has to come out. And it's a little, it's really finicky. If you don't do it right, it can hurt. It's going to hurt anyway. It's, but it's going to hurt a million times more if it's done improperly. <laughs> and so I have tubes in all these holes in me that are just fucking horrible. And um, I was just like, God damn. You know, like, I'm stuck here now. And so it was, I was so disoriented. It was really slow processing what the fuck is going on. I'm like, holy shit. So I'm in this ICU and like the first day or two, I can't get out of bed. I, all my meals are brought to me and I'm laying in bed just watching TV. Most of my days in the ICU, I was literally just in bed almost all the day. And then a couple times a day I'd get out and walk around and it was, it was fucked. Like, Oh my God, it was fucked up. Like, Oh, the shit I saw in there. Not only that, I can't... First few days, I literally can't talk. And I know part of it's the stroke, but I know a big part's this tube in my nose. And I even... I swear to to God, I pulled this fucking tube out of my nose. Pulled this whole feeding tube out like... Well, first time I did it, and I was just like, fuck this. I pulled it out of my nose. I couldn't even talk. I'm just like... First nurse was like, oh, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Just pissing and complaining. And she's mad at me. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. I had a fucking stroke. And I don't like tubes in my nose. You can fuck the fuck off. She's like, well, I'm going to have to put it back in. It's not going to be fun. I'm like, don't put that. I can't talk. So I can only think these thoughts. I was like, don't put this shit back in my fucking, in my fucking nose hole. God damn it. I hate you. And so they lube it up. And I don't know if you've seen that, um, a Requiem for a Dream. I don't want to spoil it, but towards the end, they're shoving a tube down this woman's nose and she's like, ah, <laughs> it's, it's that bad. I hate, I'd rather have a hole 
Or I'd rather have a catheter put in my dick hole than a feeding tube shoved down my nose. There's something about it going down my... Ugh, ugh, ugh. Like, I'd rather have a thumb in my ass or a fuck... Or boof than fucking... Oh, God, dude. And I'd... And, ugh, I'd rather boof or have my ex-girlfriend's finger in my ass than fucking something in my dick hole. <laughs> so the feeding tube is, like, the worst for me. So she lubes it up and, ugh, that doesn't taste good in the back of your throat from your via your nose and just shoves it all the way down. And I remember later, I fucking pull that son of a bitch out again. And I fucking, because I'm like, no, I'm stuck. I'm fucking stubborn. I'm pulling the shit out of my nose. And thank fuck, the second nurse that saw this, the first nurse was this, the other nurse, this other nurse saw this, like, oh, man, we got to put that back in. I'm like, uh, I just shoulder sh shrug and because I'm not talking and uh, the other nurse is like you know I'm going to call it in and I think we're not going to put the feeding tube in him anymore and he could eat normally and I was like yes and so then from that day I could start talking and my speech got way better because there isn't a giant tube down my throat um, the catheter ugh, that process it like you know you look down there's a tube coming out of your dick and it's it's in my opinion quite large and I, I don't think tubes should be that large that go in your dick hole um but whatever doctors know best and uh you don't it's it's so far down your dick hole you literally don't even have to like flex any muscles to pee you just see piss coming and filling up a bag and they empty it for you and whatnot but um eventually it, you have to have it pulled out and so because i i guess what they said or uh, what was said is um they're like oh it, your pee looks a little milky or colored or something and we don't want you to get a urinary tract infection or whatever so we got to pull it out i'm like okay whatever and uh you know I thought it was bad at the time. I didn't realize because I had two catheters pulled out during my whole stay at the hospital. So she pulls it out and fuck me. That hurt so bad. And it, it doesn't take just like a second. It's, it's like the tube just keeps coming out of the dick hole. And you're like, when does it end? How far did you shove this thing inside of me? <laughs> Cause you're just feeling tube coming out of yourself. It hurt and it hurts. It's your dick hole. It's painful. <laughs> Ugh. I laugh now, but I don't ever want to experience that again. Um, so they pull the tube out of my dick after like three or four days. I'm like, fuck, thank God. And by this time, they stopped offering me pain pills. Um, I, they they had me on heavy, uh, blood thinners, and um. Because they wanted to thin my blood and like reduce the clot in my head or however, whatever it was. And, um, and I'm basically having, I, ugh, I am having to get walked to the toilet and dumb shit. I have to get a nurse to help me out of bed. And if I don't, a fucking alarm goes off and which pissed me the fuck off because it's like, I can walk to the bathroom, but you know, at the time they don't know if I'll fall or if this or that, if I, how bad the stroke is, if I can walk and I'm like, dude, I'm fine, bitches. Like, and I don't mean that I'm just like, <laughs> I don't mean to say that. I'm just like, dude, you guys leave me, dude, I'm good. Turn this fucking bed alarm off. It is so annoying because you know, fuck laying in bed all, all fucking day. You, I mean, whatever you have TV on in the background, but it's fucking boring. And, um, if you get out of bed and a, a, a annoying, loud, beeping alarm goes off and people run in like, oh, oh my God, don't move. And you're just like, dude, fuck off. I can walk to a toilet, sit down and shit. But no. And then I also have all these like, all these tubes and wiring hooked up to me. So they have to unhook mon like wires that monitor me. And I'm just like, God, fucking damn it. And then I'm sitting there shitting and they're like, are you done yet? Are you done? And I'm just like, fuck. So, um... This isn't like my proudest moment, but on two or three occasions at night, I was I think it was like one or two occasions, I'm like calling for a nurse because I want to go and shit. And getting out of bed wasn't easy that at the time anyway. But um, 
and talking wasn't that easy either. Uh, so I'm, I hit the alarm and I'm like, I'm not, or whatever the nurse button, no nurse comes. I mean, there's people in other rooms around me in the ICU that were dealing with some crazy shit. Like people who are so disoriented, they are like hiding under their bed from the nurses and like trying to escape and they can't talk. And then there was an old man who was like strung the fuck out on, on pain pills. And he's like, nurse, not like he's screaming, like, where's the goddamn nurse? Because he wants his fucking morphine or Viking or whatever the fuck they're giving him. Where's my pain pills? And um, I'm listening to all this shit go down. And not only that, like, the hospital is so fucking overworked. They have uh, all the people infected with coronavirus on the second floor and isolated from everybody. And I'm just like, you know, you got people going, getting um, masked up, like heavy masks, like, uh, to go up there. And, you know, there's not a lot of people on staff, so, like, they're having people work overtime, and everyone's just, like, super busy. Um... But a couple of nights, I'm calling the nurse button, and I'm like, dude, I have to take a shit. Like, oh, I got a vape. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. The first night, I'm waiting for a nurse uh, to, get, to let me go to the toilet. And uh, this moment just passes where my butthole or my sphincter ring is like, dude, fuck you. I'm not holding this anymore. And it does, it just, it acts on its own and it just opens and I feel myself shitting the bed. And at that point I wanted to stop. <laughs> I wanted to pinch it off and be like, no, stop. But it was coming out of me, out of my ass, the poop. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's going, dude. We're not stopping. <laughs> I can't. It sucks because it's like, after I had a stroke, it's like, I, my, I have, thoughts that are perfect like I, I know what I want to say um but my mouth and I, I couldn't get the words out like fully and my body wasn't fully functioning the way I wanted it to so having a strokes fucking sucks dude if anyone fuck dude I feel for anyone's that stroke that is not cool There's nothing more infuriating and will drive you insane than like like wanting to get something out like express something or say something and um and you have the thought super like clear and concise in your head but you cannot say those words i had to literally like watch tv and listen to the ads and repeat words and say them and practice them over and over to get my speech back like i uh, it's a it's i'm i'm lucky that i can even talk so fluidly right now um because some people who have strokes can't talk again. Um, and I can walk and talk. Thank fuck. Like, that was crazy. So, yeah, I shit the bed. <laughs> it's not my proudest moment. And um, and let me tell you, this is what happens when you shit the bed in the intensive care unit at the hospital. Uh, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. So, there are no motherfucking showers in the intensive care unit. <laughs> so it's not like I could just I get a, get showered and shower the poop off of my soiled anus. <laughs> I'm sorry how graphic this is, but you can't hold back. I mean, we're, I'm going to let it out in all the gory details. So what two new nurses did is they <laughs> they rolled me onto another sheet, took out the dirty sheets, and they like took pa like wet paper towelettes and cold ones at night and basically uh you know wiped me off it's not the most effective way to you know get yourself clean um but yeah <laughs> that happened so they're like what trying to wipe my ass and then wipe myself down and get me in new clothes and ugh, it sucked <laughs> well it wasn't the worst um there were some like nurses my age that are pretty hot, but I mean, when they're basically wiping your ass and helping take care of you because you shit the bed, it sucks. <laughs> you know, this is embarrassing. And you know, I told them, I was like, I'm sorry. Once I could talk again, I was like, I'm sorry, I shit the bed, and you guys had to like clean me up because this happened a couple times. I'm like, oh, dude, I shit the bed, I had an accident, and they had to f do that process like twice. Um, 
after a while, I of that, of just shitting the bed, I was like, dude, I'm not using the fucking nurse call button anymore to um to to walk to the toilet. They can, they can fucking suck it, dude. So I get up and uh, I just walk to the toilet. The bed alarm goes off. And people are like running in like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, dude, I walk to the toilet. I can't wait for you guys anymore. I shit the bed twice and I don't want to deal with that. It sucks. And you don't have a shower down here. So I'm walking there and shitting and you can turn the alarm off and I'm going to walk back to my bed afterwards. Because I was like, I knew I was capable of doing that. I was at by then, which I didn't mention, but I was seeing a, like a speech therapist, a physical therapist, uh, like three different therapists for for three different things. Because after a stroke, they want to make sure you re- rebuild your ability to like function and take care of yourself and all that shit. Um, and w- which I pass with flying colors. I was, you know, doing physical therapy and walking fine. The speech therapist was, it was a little harder, but I got it. And they also did like mental training games with like testing your memory. And I, fuck, I have bad ADHD. I can't remember shit. So I know a lot of it was like because of that. Um, but yeah, I'm doing that and trying to get out of the ICU because by the, by then I fucking hated it there. I was there for over a week. I think I was there for 10 to 14 days. I was there for almost two weeks. And by then it's like, I'm just, like five different doctors come in and check in on me. You know, I have a doctor that, uh, um, I have my gastroenterologist. I have a basic doctor. I have a doctor that's seeing me about my blood clot and brain functions. And, you know, all the physical therapists are reporting to them and they're all saying like, Oh, we think you're going to get out soon and blah, blah, blah. And this and that and the other. And then when that happens, it's like, no, we're, you got to stay here and you're trapped for another few days. And I'm just like, God, fuck, let me out of here, and oh, also, you know, the stress of not getting out, having to be bored watching TV all day, and doing dumb shit around the hospital to get better, is just like, God, I was just, had no, like, outlet for anything, my phone had died, uh, and was put in my, with my belongings, and I don't know when, when the hospital it is, so I finally, after a week, I finally find my phone, when I can get, you know, talk better and I literally am like I have to find a charger and charge my phone and so I was like missing for qu- quite some time you know like over a week I'm I'm out of commission and people are like where the fuck are you and finally I get online and I tell people like oh, I fucking hospital and all this shit happened and people are like god damn fuck not only was I dealing with that and you know the lack of interaction with the outside world, but I was also dealing with, um, dude, I'm listening to people, uh, conversations in the rooms next to me, and this guy's strung out of morphine, and that guy's strung out of morphine, and literally everyone who's in the ICU is on heavy, heavy opioids all the time. Some people get, are physically dependent and bitching plain when they don't get it. Some people are like so out of it, and they're always... Just get it. And I'm, you know, the addict in me, I'm like, just like, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? All this fucked up shit is happening. I'm pulling out feeding tubes out of my nose. I'm pulling um, <laughs> catheter tubes out of my dick hole. And I'm shitting everywhere. Oh, by the way, on, on another two occasions, I get up and run to the bathroom to shit. And I'm literally inches away from laying my ass onto the toilet seat. And this isn't like a normal toilet. It's like a toilet that there's like a pulley or a levery pull and it comes out from under a sink. It's, it's like a folding toilet under a cabinet. And so I have to get this thing out. Um, and I'm just trying to get onto the toilet on time. And I'm like thinking my ass is hovering over this toilet seat about six inches, eight inches, maybe 12 at the most. I can shit and the poop will fall into the, it's right hovering over the hole. <laughs> Uh, but to my dismay, I did not realize how explosive this this diarrhea <laughs> was. And I sit down while, I mean, I'm shitting as I'm falling on the toilet. I sit down and let the rest of my shit out. And I look behind me. I sprayed shit all in, <laughs> on the ground and wall. It was it was horrible. It was like a Pucano blast. So I'm like, okay, fuck. I have to clean this up before 
<laughs> nurses find out because by then they're they're like, oh, you're like they think I'm good. They're like, oh man, you're recovering really quickly. They're proud of me. They want to get me the fuck out of the ICU, like I do. I want to get the fuck out of here. And I'm walking to the toilet by myself, and they're not letting anyone else walk to the toilet by themselves. So I'm like, fuck, I got to show them I'm okay, and I won't shit all over the floor and wall (laughs) by myself. And I tried to clean it up best I could, and finally the nurse saw, like, some I didn't clean up. They're like, oh, what happened? I'm like, oh, I had an accident. And literally people having to pick up your own shit is just like, it's a humbling experience, to say the least. So... Um, yeah, that happened on a couple occasions, but yeah, I'm just frustrated. I'm like, all this shit's happening and everyone's strung out in the rooms around me. I'm like, fuck dude. A part of me, no shit was like, well, definitely. I'm like, dude, I want to give up. I want to, um, say fuck everything and be like, give me some fucking, give me some morphine. I just, I tap out from this experience. Uh, you know, I'm kind of re- realized and t- took like took in how intense uh, what I'd went through had happened. I was like, "Fuck, I had a stroke. This shit happened," and um, I was just like, "God damn, I'm just done with this, dude." But the whatever one of the doctors said, um, "No, uh, you can't have any narcotics. I'm have to see your b- blood." Um, congealing like how quickly it congeals or whatever the fuck I don't know I don't remember it all but I'm having to do this on on nothing and at first you know the first like week or whatever I'm like no I'm an addict don't give me pain pills and then after having a stroke I'm like dude just give them to me and I don't get them and I'm still clean been you know clean this whole time whatever like I think I've almost 18 months so applause thank you for me I just but I'm pretty much was like, dude, I was willing to cave in at the point and nah, didn't, didn't happen. But, um, at this point in the experience, I'm just like, okay, I need to get out of the ICU. I'm going fucking insane. So I'm literally doing everything I can to, um, do, do as well as I can when I see my speech therapist and physical therapist and jump through all their hoops and, um, and be honest and be like, yeah, dude, I'm, you know, cause dude, I, I, I could not talk like this when I first got out and to recover after a week from, and from a stroke and going from not being able to talk to talking as fluid, you know, as, as well as I am now, you probably couldn't tell I had a stroke, which I mean, I'm very thankful for it, but it was just days and days of just like, I can't, I can't have any visitors. My parents can't visit me. No one could visit me. I was having homies like bring me cell phone chargers and this and that. And nurses would take it at the front and then bring it to me so I could get by. But God damn, it was, it was miserable. I was just basically just, and, and it's so horrible when you're, everyone, all the nurses are like, oh, you're doing so well. And I'm going to tell the doctors you're doing well. And then five different doctors have to meet. And they all, as a whole, as a whole group, uh, make the decision to whether I stay or not. And, you know, most times it was like, there's always something where like, well, we need to wait till this or wait till that. And then we'll release him. So it's really discouraging when you're like, think you're going to get released and then you don't. And you're just like, I'm done with this. I'm done being stuck here. I mean, cool. I'm getting medical treatment, but I'm done seeing all these people fucked up around me while I'm in bed all day watching like movies I've already seen and binge watching South Park and the office and the fresh prince. That's the cable television that they just play episodes of that all day. And that's all I watched. I was going, I was losing my fucking mind and sleeping in a hospital is not, not very easy. And, um, so I'm usually up all night watching shitty TV and, taking naps during the day because what else are you going to do? So, um, that was my experience. And then fuck dude, after like almost two weeks, almost two weeks of being in the ICU, I'm literally like plotting, like uh, plotting against the hospital. Like I'm going to sue these people. Some nurses were just not very nice and some were super nice. And it was just like, you have to deal with that. And, uh, finally, finally after two weeks, I got 
this one nurse, he was like, yeah, you're getting out of the ICU today. You're not getting out of the hospital, but I'm going to get you out and into you know, a regular room, which is much fucking nicer than the ICU. ICU, I mean, thank, thank you everyone at the ICU, but the ICU fucking sucks. And so, you know, I've been, I was like using my phone, talking to my friends and talking to my family. And finally I'm like, cool. Um, I get out and I'm, I get wheeled from the ICU to the a regular room, general the general floor where people not in quarantine and people, you know, generally I don't know, housed or whatever in the hospital. So holy fuck, I'm exhausted after that. So that is that's basically part two, right? Um of my experience. I was on a myriad of diets. I had a liquid diet and like I couldn't have whole, there was like certain things I couldn't eat, so I was eating like, this is god-awful food, and wanting just to fucking kill people, um, but yeah, that's, it, it got a little more intense there, um, and in part three, I'll talk about being back on the general floor, getting, you know, talked into surgery, and then going, going through the surgery, getting out, and what I've been doing since I got out. Uh, I don't want to like spoil it in this episode because I mean that each part of this fucking episode gets a little more intense. <laughs> um, and the fact that I'm sober right now is, is like, well, other than can't stop drinking iced coffee and vaping. Um, I'm not going to say it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I'm clean this song. Ooh, I hate, I don't know. There's nothing against anyone who says that, but. I hate it when they're like, it's been three months. It's a miracle. I haven't cleaned this song. I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking junkie. I'm such a nihilist at heart. And I'm just like, whatever. Clean time. Just fucking just, ugh. I, I hate, I don't want to be, ever be that cliche recovered person. I'm like, it, it works if you work it. I'm a, a hope dealer now. I don't know. Like, hey, if you have a hope dealer shirt, Fuck yeah, dude. Rock, like, rock that shit. But me personally, I I look at that kind of shit and I cringe. And uh, But it's your life. You know, I cringe at other things like jug, juggalos and stuff. But dude, if they like that music, fuck yeah. You, you're probably, you, you're still a good person. I just, I'm sorry. Just the, the hope dealer. I'm just like, dude, I'm not, I'm not dealing hope. <laughs> not in the state of the world we're in today. Uh... You're going to have to manufacture hope on your own. <laughs> I've been like, I'm, I'm harvesting as much hope as I can, but I'm hoarding, hoarding it all to myself in a bombshell bunker. And I suggest you do the same, you know, <laughs> staying clean is like, a, it's a fucking challenge in the state of affairs of 2020. We're in, we're like, it's just like, I don't know about you. But every time, one of the other, other reasons I stayed off social media is like, first of all, every time I scroll through my feed, it's not funny memes or good music or anything. It's posts of my friends saying someone I know overdosed and died or committed suicide or got murdered. So it's like, I don't want to fucking log in and f- just have to deal. Like, I don't even mourn death the same way as a normal person anymore because I in the past year I've known about or have known more people to die than ever in my life and I'm just like dude I'm emotionally I'm turning that off I was like I don't want to see that or people are fucking arguing about politics or arguing about face masks arguing about this and that I'm like dude so sick of everyone arguing about the most stupid shit. These, are, it's like, if if these are the end times, I fully accept them. And I, it's this most slow goal, most slow going apocalypse I've, I could ever imagine would exist. Like, but whatever. Yeah, I'm thankful that I could witness the decline of Western civilization. Sorry about that rant. But with that being said, um. All right, I wanted to keep this short and sweet. Uh, so, what do I want to say? Yeah, I'm check out the Spotify playlist. Um, I'm gonna call it officially "Music 
to Overdose 2, Nod Squad music to Overdose 2. I'm going to put like, I have like 10, 15 tracks I handpicked, and every day I'm going to start adding more music that I like. A lot of it's really depressing and shitty, like indie music, acoustic indie music, or um, I don't know, just shit I like. It's music you could basically have in the background while you're dying of an overdose, and that's very morbid and dark. But the music is very beautiful, so hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know, I'm going through a weird music phase right now. I'm in a very strange emotional state. Uh, but, check that out. Um, I'm also, or lately I've been, instead of podcasting, I'm doing these weird video edits and making weird video videos um, about, about all kinds of shit. Uh, drug movies or the drug war, um, this and that and the other. So I'll hopefully have that up. And part three, and hopefully the ending conclusion of the story will be, you know, fucking done and released soon. So we can put that behind us and I can get back to other stories. I have other guests and friends I want to get on who have amazing fucking stories. And with that, dude, I just want to say I love you guys. I will get back to replying to your messages. I'm so fucking sorry about that. I it wasn't like, oh fuck everybody. I'm just like I was just like, dude, I'm putting myself in a bubble and taking care of just me. And um I was just unsure about I don't know the fate of this podcast because I think there I think a, a lot of the drug podcasts that tell stories, there comes a moment where you tell all your stories or you tell all the stories you're comfortable exposing to the public and then when you run out of stories you have to figure out like all right where what direction does this podcast go now i can have guests and this and that but like what the fuck and um anyway i'm kind of in the process of figuring out the direction where this goes like i didn't really have a direction at the time i started this with ryan i was just like oh so i have a shit ton of stories and uh, and which also, by the way, I haven't told every story, <laughs> some stories I don't think I can tell. Um, and that it's fucking crazy. Like there are a lot of stories, a lot, a lot of my friends have that if we're told they're really entertaining, but also very incriminating. And that in lies the fucking huge challenge of getting people on here to feel comfortable about exposing to the world of the internet, which is millions and millions and millions and millions of people, like some of their darkest, most debaucherous secrets. Uh, and even I struggle with like opening up about that. I think a, another reason why it took so long for me to do another uh, recording, it was like, okay, well, shit. Um, I fucking, do I really want to be known for just like having a, being a fucking heroin, recovering heroin addict. Like I would rather, I'd much rather, I don't know. There's other things I want to do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is that just me? <laughs> I mean, I'd say for a recovering heroin addict, I'm doing pretty fucking good, but it's like, where do you go from, from this point? A lot of it's been documenting my recovery and, yeah, so far I'm doing good, but it, I mean I haven't had struggles along the way, so I don't I don't fucking know, man. Uh, wherever it goes, I'll keep you informed. And with that, dude, you'll hear from me soon. If you send me a message, I promise I'm getting back to you. I have I don't know, fuck, I got social medias up the ass um, that I haven't gone on, so it's gonna be all day process of I have like 75 notifications on Facebook alone. And I'm like, fuck my life. Um, <laughs> so I'm so I'm sorry again. I just I just needed a break. Oh, so fucking bad. And so for anyone who's worried about me, I apologize. Also, I know most people that I know that just completely disappear off the face of the internet and the face of society. They usually went out hard. Um, so I don't blame people who think I did that. Whatever. Uh, was exposing what 
happened now? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I, you know, I've had this surgery, but I, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I have two more surgeries coming up that I have to do. And so a lot of my time is just doing that right now. Um, and the, the that's kind of a crazy thing to process mentally. I'm like having to prepare, gear up for these things and then recover for them again. So whatever. Anyway, dudes, I'm sorry I ranted this long. I didn't plan for it to be over an hour, but uh, I got, I'll, I'm going to finish this shit hopefully next week or as fast as possible. But anyway, fucking love you guys from the bottom of my heart. I hope you're doing well out there. And yeah, dude, I'm fucking... I got to go see a therapist in an hour. <laughs> That's where my life is. So whatever. Um, and yeah, just if you guys want, please reach out to me, especially after you hear the, this episode. Um, and I hope to hear from you after I reply or respond. And whatever, man. I fucking love you. And uh, as always... <laughs> I almost forgot that's what I said at the end. As always, peace, love, and all the love.